Sebastian, action. What? I said, when I say action, pretend we're not here. Okay, okay action. Hi, I'm Patrick Coleman. And I'm Kitty Coleman. And this is Diggin' Bones. Nice. So, season one, episode, episode two. two, the man in the SUV starts with a literal bang. Man. Oh, bam! I thought you were going to say man in the SUV. <laughs> no, it starts with a bang. Because before there's a bang, there's a, a there's, literal. There is a man in an SUV. A literal man in an SUV. In an SUV. Uh, before, which goes bang. It does go bang. Um, but this... we learn a lot before it bangs. Yeah, I think we learn. We learn that he's foreign. enough. Yeah, this is a, um, a war on terror uh, episode. It is, yeah. And I can't. So this episode premiered. I gotta check the notes here. It premiered two thousand five. Uh, September 20th, 2005. Yeah. So, um, you know, War on Terror, still going strong. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, September 20th is an interesting choice because, what's that, a week after September 11th, yeah. which is still pretty pretty fresh. Patriot's um, Day. Yeah, that so. That's called? Uh, Ooh, might I want to edit that part out. Because um, I should know what that day is called. <laughs> I think, I don't know if anybody really, really observes it as quote unquote Patriots Day. Well, I, the reason I'm hesitant to say it's Patriots Day is because that seems like we're celebrating a sports team. Yeah, it does. It I does. almost said football, but I'm not positive. There was a movie, football. there was a movie called Patriots Day about the um boston marathon bombing oh so uh huh. sometimes so that would those also two, be confusing like, yeah. yeah conflated um oh. i think it, we just know it is 9/11. september 11th yeah. 9-11 that's what um, i always call it but. and so this premiered uh i mean same month the week after mm-hmm. you know war on terrorism is still i think still in full swing global strong right um so it's quite it's quite something to have to have a terrorist episode yeah your as your second episode yeah, your first your second episode your first big boy episode yeah yeah and uh just to go over the the plot quickly um episode starts as as kitty mentioned with a uh man walking out of the um arab American Friendship Institute. I don't know. I didn't write <laughs> that part like down. Like that. Um, he's walking out. He has a um, uh, he has a case. Uh, pops it into an SUV. Driving erratically. 
arguing on a telephone. Oh, and he's arguing in a different language. He's arguing in a and different language. Made probably me Farsi. remember yeah. that when I was a little kid, yeah. when I was playing house, which I played a lot, mm-hmm. um, I would always pretend to be foreign this when I was This is not a angry. podcast about house. It's a podcast about bones. <laughs> I'm sorry, I interrupted. But it was anyway. You, you would play you house were, and you'd what? I would always, when I was angry, I would start swearing in a different language because I thought it wasn't a language I knew. I started swearing as a foreigner because for some reason, when I heard <laughs> swearing in foreign languages, I always thought it sounded so much more angry and passionate than in English. Really? <laughs> That's wild. I never knew that about you. Yeah. Anyway, side note. Wow. You know, I've known you for over 20 years, and this is the first time I'm hearing about mm-hmm. the foreign language arguing part of your play. Mm-hmm. See, you know, just goes to show. Just goes to show. Can still be fresh, even after, <laughs> even after this long. You can still learn things wow, about after your spouse. 21 years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. After 40 long years. Oh. <laughs> We've only been married for 15. <laughs> Christ. So, uh, so we we see this uh, man pull up in front of a cafe. Looks like a nice, well-mannered street somewhere in D.C. And uh, the SUV immediately explodes. <laughs> and that's when we... Uh, thank you for the sound effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when we are launched into sort of a... You remember that show 24... Yeah, it's kind of like got this 24 feel where everybody's like, hey, we got to get on this. We got to know, like, this guy worked with the president. He was like, he was like in close proximity. Like, is there more coming? We got to figure it out. Let's go. Let's let's roll. You know, it's got that kind of feel. Immediately when you said 24, I thought, oh, but that show was very blue and gray. And this is very brown and red. I don't know. Okay. Y'all. Weird. I know. That, yeah. All right. That was, yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Maybe it was the yeah. lighting. Maybe a lighting person yeah. could tell me. It's God's own private mystery how your mind works. <laughs> uh, so we are launched into the plot, which um, has uh, Seely and Bones, Booth and Bones, uh, trying to figure out... Uh, why this happened, uh, how it happened, if it's going to happen again. We meet the family of the man who was blown to smithereens. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some arguing over whether it's the wife, whether it's the brother, you know, the wife having an affair, you know, is could she guy? possibly, could she possibly have killed him? Could, could his wife's lover have killed him? Uh, because we find out that he was murdered and he wasn't actually uh, the, the, a terrorist, that he right. had been He was blown one of up. the good guys, yeah. Uh, and slowly... So then there's conversations about racial profiling. Uh, racial profiling. Uh, so slowly, over the course of the episode, we ultimately discover that it is the brother... Spoiler alert! The brother who is a fake Christian. Yeah. How like Why? how much how much more crazy can you get? Like if you're a writer and you want to stoke like true paranoia, 
you <laughs> you take a militant Muslim and you make them a fake Christian. Like I mean, I didn't understand that plot <clears throat> twist at all, but I guess you're saying that it's to I mean, really it's to, really yeah. aggravate the Christians. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're sitting there at home know. and you're if going you're like, I knew it. To perform jihad, don't you have like a lot to do? Like I feel like converting is the last thing on your list. Yeah, I mean, it takes some time, you yeah. know, like it, you got <laughs> I mean, if you're a Catholic, but it kind of makes it like the classes. It kind of makes it like you just. That, so. I mean, it, it's possible that he just hung a cross on his wall. True. I guess I'm really <laughs> overthinking it. I mean, he might not have gone through a confirmation. A lot of people are Christians like, in name only. He might and, have yeah. just like thrown a cross on his wall and, and, and called yeah. it good. All right. But it turns out that he's a secret Christian. He's a secret um, mm-hmm. terrorist, and um, of course, they they save the day. In the end, after discovering it, that, because he's uh, about to do it again, it was the brother because he's about to blow up a peace conference. That's right, a peace conference, a peace conference. of all places. Over the course of this episode, we Honestly. have we have bugs. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got Angela going on a on a secret mission of her own. Oh right, uh-huh. we learn about Booth's uh, special lady friend. Right, and uh, we. Uh, what else? Oh, uh, Hodgins uh, has a face-off with the FBI, trying to figure out who can who can figure out the bomb first. Mm-hmm. You know all that stuff, and of course, along with that, you've got love triangles. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, we see Booth shirtless for the first you've got time. Montage folk, all of the good stuff. So, mm-hmm. so let's get into it. All right. So. Um, Kitty, first, what do you what do you think about this episode compared to the first one? Um, I this one seemed a little bit more cohesive, as if maybe, um, you know, edits were made, additions were made, like people yeah. more than three people looked at it. Maybe there was a group <laughs> effort. Yeah, seems like it was a, a higher production. Value yeah, maybe all they around. maybe they hired a staff. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to go over. Some so stuff. I mean, that yeah. seems appropriate for episode two. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You have some characters come back in this. Um, oh, you do. What's What's wild is like we first see uh we first see Booth uh bringing bones in at the scene of the bombing. Mm-hmm. And with Angela. With Angela. Uh, why why is she there? I don't know why. You I don't Angela. know why she's well, there. Make I mean, sense. guess they're trying to find her strengths. You think you would know that you've hired her? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe it's just their her first, you know, year. bombing, or bo- or, maybe, or year. Yeah, it's well, possible. I mean, they are just developing this relationship with the FBI. That's true. Prior to this, they weren't on the scene, right? So, right. Ma- okay. they don't know. They don't know her strengths yet. That, on that, that makes sense. That to bring her. Uh huh. But Booth introduces them. <sighs> How does he bring him onto the scene? You guys, he calls them girls. Girls. He does. He says, these girls are with me. <laughs> Ew. Y'all. <laughs> Come on. These are professionals. Come on. Come on, Booth. You could do better. Do Just, better. Not only can you do better, but do better. Do better, Booth. Do better. Let's go, buddy. Yeah. Um, and Booth, uh, Booth's Homeland Security partner is back. Mm-hmm. Bennett Gibson. Bennett Gibson from the airport. So I a thought... A little confusing. 
Yeah, I thought Bennett Gibson just worked at the... Like, he's Homeland Security at the airport. Right. And what's he doing all of a sudden on this... We you thought know, maybe bombing. we had a lookalike scenario. Right. Turns out, uh, no, he's just a... Uh, it's the same guy. He's Booth's uh, DHS contact. And they're... Uh, I thought he was Homeland Security. Department <laughs> Homeland Security. <laughs> The department. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So clearly, the they have this relationship. So the reason that he was there at the airport is because Booth called in a favor with his Department of Homeland Security friend. Right. That's how we get. Uh, that's how we get uh, uh, bones in the airport in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Anywho, <laughs> the body on this one. Oh. Yeah, it's all over the place. Wow. I mean, it was a bomb. Literally all over the place. All over the... They don't even find the left or right to be... I don't remember which one it was. You know, the first... Now, this is a thing that I remember from future episodes of Bones. The bodies are... um, They do some pretty good practical effects with the bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, And they seem to get grosser kind of as the series progresses as if the as if the special effects people are really they really like to lean into the authenticity of uh of dead bodies of decomp right Mm -hmm. as a horror fan Mm -hmm. i'm into it Mm -hmm. like in our relationship i'm the guy who watches shutter we have a thank you god bless you my love for for letting me have a shutter subscription which you only occasionally Will watch with me. Hardly ever use. Right. <laughs> I mean, in the month of October, I say, yeah. sure, I'll watch three right. tops <laughs> as long as they don't use too much red corn syrup. Right. So I'm, I'm like, the gore is fascinating to me, especially mm-hmm. in the, in, in terms of how practical effects artists, you know, make this stuff. Um, this body was just a slab of flesh, basically. Burnt. Yeah, that's right. Crispy. It was barbecue flesh. They said... I wonder, do you think maybe they even use barbecue sauce instead of (laughs) red corn syrup? It's possible. Because it's a little darker when it's burned, isn't it, the blood? It is, yeah. Which is like more of a barbecue I mean, it's possible. I would love Color. to. I, I'm, hopefully, we get enough juice in mm-hmm. this podcast that we can start calling up people who worked on the production, right. or Sebastian can tell us and be like, "Hey, when you he, know what, you know, you did a... you did effects for this show, please, please." Oh, hey, if you're a listener, you know somebody who worked on this show. Oh, hook us up. Yeah, we or would anybody. love to talk to them, or anybody who has ever worked in special effects. Really, yeah, we would love to talk to them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, the, burnt. We could bring him on the show. Yes. That's, they could t- what, that's oh, what I was meant, saying. You meant just, I thought you meant we'd have him to dinner, we'd <laughs> chat. You mean for the show. Yes, yeah, yeah. To be fair, it's also our second episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure this will get better. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking we'd serve barbecue. <laughs> So they have to use vegetable oil to peel the corpse out of the vehicle. Um, 
which I think is. I didn't remember total, that part. You know, they had little bottles, squirt bottles of vegetable Ew. oil that they were using That's to. So grody. Yeah, it is it. Oh. Right? So grody, in fact, that Angela can't. She, she can't, can't do it. Uh-uh. I wouldn't be a, able to either. I'm with you, Angela. Jet. Mm-mm. Even Booth seems to have a little trouble. Well, you know, he's used to just the single shot. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this is Bones' thing. This yeah. is what she does. This is what she so does. So she'll pick up a leg. She'll just pick up a leg just lying on the ground. Mm-hmm. Throw it in a bag. She hey, will. that's who she is. It is. Um, we get the body back to the Jeffersonian. Right. And they got to they got to take the flesh off. Right. right. So she can see the bones. Bones. Um, and I have a little, I have a little issue with this situation. Hmm. Now they're using, they're using, uh, uh, beetles. Right. To clean the flesh. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about these beetles later. They Mm -hmm. are super duper cool. Okay. That is not the issue. Mm -hmm. The issue is that they have put the body in a plexiglass box mm-hmm. in the middle of the lab mm-hmm. and then poured the beetles on top of it i don't how would you do it think that's i don't think you need that big of a container i mean that plexiglass box was like huge i it's wouldn't like, say it was that huge it came up to their <laughs> chin and it was on a table yeah but it's like it was easily like three feet tall but are you supposing that they have like a myriad of different sizes of plexiglass boxes no, I would around just, like, town. Use a, like use a regular tray or even a body bag. Like do you? Well, you need can't use to... a tray, Patrick. The beetles are gonna crawl off and go eat your iguana. <laughs> My iguana. <laughs> or whatever pet that Hodges has. <laughs> they have to remain contained. Oh man. Um. Yeah, but that's a bit much. It I don't just know. seemed I just... like a bit much. I feel like it was just what they had, you know? Lying around the set? Yeah. Well, lying <laughs> around the Jeffersonian. <laughs> like maybe it's a display box that they use for the Cleopatra exhibit sure, or something. Sure, exactly. This is going to work. <laughs> right. It's the right length. Who yeah. cares about the height? Okay. Yeah. Well. You do. You're, obviously. You can keep. You be a bones apologist all you want to, but I'm just I think giving them benefit of the doubt on this one. Could have been a better choice. <laughs> so the mystery in this one, um, first they have to use the beetles to make sure that the body that they have is the guy that they uh, that they think it's supposed to be, or that his family thinks it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I did have a beef about the Beatles, though. Okay, what's that? Well, when they pour them in mm-hmm. to the overly large plexiglass mm-hmm. container, they all just, all the squints, watch them with a slight head tilt. Do they want to make sure that they're hungry Beatles? <laughs> what are they watching for? Uh, I don't, I couldn't imagine what they're watching for. Are they just so fascinated that they want to watch them eat their dinner? Uh, I mean, because if it were me, I'd be like pouring and then like, I'm out. out. Yeah. Oh, I would want to watch. 
Really? Yeah. You wouldn't uh, want to watch? No. I bet it's fascinating. Uh-uh. I yeah, mean, I, I love bug faces. Too. Don't get me wrong. I love when they blow up a bug face and you're like, whoa, <laughs> why is it Ivy over there? Especially a beetle face. Because <laughs> I don't even know where their eyes are. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. But, you know, I wouldn't want to watch them eat dinner. No? No. Hmm. I would. I would totally watch them eat dinner. I barely want to watch us eat dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. <Okay>. Um, <laughs> so once they identify the body, mm-hmm. is um, is it uh, Farid who they think it is? Oh God, I didn't write down his or name. Or is it Sahar? Oh, oh wait, actually, I think it's down here farther. Hamid. Hamid. Farid. Farid. No. Not Hamid. Hamid. Maybe it is Hamid. I thought it was oh, Hamid. Oh, yeah, it is Hamid. Yep. Farid is the brother. Sahar is the there we sister. Are. You've got it. Yep. Sorry. Um, yeah, so they need to make sure it's... Uh, they need to make sure it's Hamid. Um, which they eventually do by sort of dying, diagnosing, you know, he's been tortured. He's been malnourished. He's had diseases that are consistent with his background in, in uh, Afghanistan. And uh, so that's how they figure out it's him. Mm-hmm. Bring in the family. Yep. Uh, and and they figure out there's something wrong with him. Yeah, that's right. But they think that it might be lupus or some yeah other lupus because of autoimmune his, thing. Because they're talking about like his his brother has you know the, the sores on his sweaty face, sweaty pestules. Yeah, and they're thinking, does that happen with lupus? Yeah. It well, does. I mean, it, they don't look that gross right but you get sores okay yeah all right i mean autoimmune stuff you you know sure it's a wild card sure who knows what's gonna happen but we have this moment here where um we have that science versus uh intuition situation Mm -hmm. right where uh the sister uh sahar or the wife sahar Mm -hmm is in the interrogation room and uh they were i guess they see a picture of i don't know how they figured they like deduce that she's made all these changes Mm -hmm. but uh she leaves and booth says she's having an affair right and bones is like how could you even just like deduce that like there's no empirical evidence that would suggest that you can't just make wild guesses and it's the gut versus science right and they continue this argument in the chinese restaurant Mm -hmm. where angela just happens to be hanging out right and she agrees with the booth more heart yeah than science right true but i'm wondering is this gut versus science thing going to happen more often than um the folk montages or Uh, equal i don't know probably equal i bet we have one well I mean, I bet they, I bet they mellow score. out. Yeah, I bet they mellow out with it. As, I don't as know the that they do. On. There are definitely certain things that are addressed at every I, I think single the folk, bones episode. You have a folk montage every episode. Mm-hmm. Every episode. Um, I don't know that you have the, you know, Im- empirical facts versus God. I you think know, it intuition. does. I think it happens really? every time. But right. let's keep score. Let's we find will, out. We will keep score. Um. 
Yeah, so, you know, we continue on, uh, <laughs> find out that Sahar is having an affair. Mm-hmm. Um, but during the course of this, something Sahar ex- is having, yes, Sahar yeah. is having an affair. Okay. And during the course of this, mm-hmm. something extraordinary happens where Angela is telling Bones, like, hey, Booth is a hottie. Mm-hmm. You're a hot second out of a relationship. I know. It's been like four months and Angela's like, she's desperate. <laughs> she, um, are you kidding me? Angela's like, she's got to get that D right Holy now. Holy cow, Angela, calm the hell down. <laughs> this is where people get STDs because they are not patient. Right. Yeah. Calm down. Calm down. Yeah. Wait for your choice. Yeah. <laughs> so Angela is pushing bones um, right into Booth's arms but he's not available though he isn't but we walk into his house we do and he that's he, when we learn he's not quite as available as we thought he was and he walks to the door and he's got his shirt first shirtless moment yep hello booth didn't take very long no nope. at all right into episode two david borean still ripped from his angel days sure yep how many times did you have a shirt off in in uh, Angel? It was more often than not, if I recall correctly. I feel ripped like... and sort of slightly off. Yeah, or oh, open, he was always, or he's he like was mostly open, or he's just getting it on, or just yeah. getting it off. I was I was watching um, I was watching Buffy. Uh, I'd started end of last year, mm-hmm. and I got into the second season, and he has it off. A lot. Yeah. Like, Buffy's always coming over to his place, and it's like he's got his shirt, like, hanging, halfway hanging off of one shoulder. I mean, part of it (laughs) is because that is, I mean, no offense, David, but it's his best feature. Like, his face is kind of (laughs) bland. Ow. I don't, it is. There's nothing super special about it. It's pretty unique. It's boring. Well, come on. You can can pick David Boreans out of a lineup. He's a handsome dude. He's not just like some butterface. Are you calling him a butterface? I'm calling him like a margarine face. (laughs) A gee face? I don't know. It's just... Margarine face. He's not Benicio del Toro. He doesn't have anything like, there's no dimples. His lips are just kind of like flat white man lips. And it's just, there's like nothing super fantastic. I don't think it really matters like how popular this podcast gets. (laughs) David Boreans is never going to come on. (laughs) Thanks. Well, I don't know. That's fine. That's, that's fine. Super fine with me. Okay. I mean, like, I'm proud oh, of him. He made a great career for himself taking his shirt off. But, like, he's kind of a one-trick pony. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we got a long ways to go. And you're always you're already I'm laying this down. super critical of this guy. That's, that's intense. Uh, maybe I've just, you know, I've seen him a lot what, with the Buffy, Angel, mm-hmm. and Bones. Yeah. yeah. You're just done with him. I might be, but okay. we've, I'm not done with him, clearly, because no. we have a lot to go. Yeah. We can just edit all this out. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We're keeping it in. David's going to know how you feel. 
I'm okay with that. I'm secure enough in our relationship not to need David as a backup plan. <laughs> I wasn't imagining you would be a backup plan. You seem awfully worried. What? No, I'm not worried. About I'm how David like, feel. Well, yeah, because I would love to have him on the show someday. All right, we'll edit it out. He'll never <laughs> Or he'll come on the show and just start tearing me apart. Oh, so you put on a pound or two after the baby, huh? <laughs> Did you know him before the baby? I don't know. No. I guess not. Okay, all right. All right. So <laughs> he puts his shirt on. Uh, and, yeah. and then out comes, uh, out comes Tessa. Tessa? Yeah. Who's got a tit out? She straight up has one out. Yeah. I mean, not, she's wearing a brassiere, y'all. Yeah. But. Lacy. Very lacy. Like, it's common courtesy to hide your tits when you're being introduced to somebody. <laughs> yeah. First time? First time? Yeah. Yeah. Let me just get it back in under the shirt. Let nope. me just maybe not come out in only a shirt in the first place. Right. You know, it's like, oh, guests are here. Guests are here. Let I'll put the shirt on and leave my out. left breast out <laughs> and not put pants you on. You don't get fully dressed in that situation? No, you sh- or you just don't come out. Or you just don't at come all. out. You hide. That's what I would do. Yeah. But it's just me. You would hide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I probably would too. I would at least put some pants on, you know? Yeah, a pair of boxer shorts. Come on, Tessa. Come on. But Tessa's really leaning into it. I think she's trying to make uh, Bones jealous. You think? Yeah, she seems like she's really... She kisses Booth in in front of her, like, very much on purpose. Mm. Like, there's some... I think she's being, Tessa like, isn't back secure. off. Back off, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is this is my this is my guy. Um, And this whole situation gives Angela her side quest. Angela's side quest, which I'm very uncomfortable by, Angela. Just like going out and investigating Tessa to see what this is about? A stalker is what that is. She goes, you guys, she goes to this bakery where Tessa's working on her legal stuff. She's a lawyer. Lawyer Tessa's a lawyer. So she's, you know, working on her computer or whatever. She drops her bag. Angela drops her bag. Right at Tessa's feet, so they have to pick it all up together. And then she just starts chatting like she's just some friendly gal. But she doesn't even stand up, which is weird. Like, Tessa's, like, wearing a skirt. Mm-hmm. And Angela is, like, head height right to her between knee, her like, knees. Like, right yeah. between her knees. It's like, Angela, you can, yeah. you can stand up. And she's picking up her stuff. I was like, is Angela? Well, Angela is by. But it, was she down there, like, inspecting things? She might be. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, that a, that's like. heavy surveillance, if that's the case. <laughs> and all to the tune of, um, so far, my favorite Bone song, um, I Turn My Camera On by Spoon. <laughs> it's good. It is a good song. I turn my camera on. And it's... that's exactly what's Angela. Angela's doing. She's turning her camera on. Yeah, she's a busybody. She is a busybody. And, and I don't um, I do not approve of that kind of behavior. It's not okay. My my favorite thing about this is that <laughs> because Angela doesn't have much to do in this episode. Like they have her reconstruct uh 
they have her use the magic machine mm-hmm. to to reconstruct the skull and t- to see if like and then they transpose it with the guy's actual photograph mm-hmm. just to see like how close she got it seems right like yeah. they already know that's the guy right they've made like they've made, so there's no reason for the magic but that's a good point and so angela needs something to do so they so she has the side quest but scientists do like to double check their work yeah, I guess. And, you know, they but, had Zach put the head back together, right. even yep. though they still already knew who he was. Right. And, yep. You know, so now that Zach's put the head back together, let's use Angela's magic machine to yep. triple check. I guess so. I guess there's that. But it's it seems like, um, like they just needed her to have sort of some busy work, mm-hmm. you know? And she's literally, like... <laughs> like Hodgson and uh, Zach mm-hmm. are doing their work, like mm-hmm. trying to figure out this murder, trying to figure things out, well, having mean, their little Hodges competition. Has some busy work too, though. Yeah, because... he's trying to reconstruct the bomb, figure out what's going on there. Well, that was Zach reconstructing the bomb. I thought. Oh, he was constructing the bomb, but Hodgins was figuring out what was in the bomb. Oh, right, true. And he was also trying to figure out why they had. Uh, Hamid had unusually soft bones, which I yep. thought was a little confusing because Hodgins isn't a pathologist. Right. Is yeah. he? Like, uh, does he have another he PhD? Do, he can do, like, chemical stuff. He can do chemical stuff, but that's not But that's what he was looking pathology. for, like, chemical things, uh, well, chem- before chemical he signatures look- in the brain. I'm pretty they sure. They didn't have the brain. Or no, uh, the, in the, the bone. Uh, in the bone. Yeah. She asked him to run lupus and that other one with, that started with, oh, Paget's. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's pathology. That's like what lab work is for. I'm, <laughs> it just seemed like busy work. Yeah. It's okay. not his expertise. That's I all see I'm that. Saying. Yeah. I see that. It becomes his expertise, though, when we Once learn, they rule those out. Once we learn that you can um, analyze the beetles. Coming back to the Beatles. Yep, circling back. And uh, analyze the Beatles and, and figure, figure out, out what was in his system. Yeah. Hamid's system. And they yeah. figured that out. And that was? Uh, a Hard Day's Night. Beatles. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. They found you out guys. That his system was uh, dioxin. Dioxin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything about it, but apparently it does some terrible things to a person. I guess so. I want to know where you get it and what it is. And I don't know. It's uh, it's apparently a poison that'll basically break your body down in terrible, terrible ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, so that that's what the whole the whole shebang sort of hinges on. Mm hmm. Um, once they understand that, they can trace it back to the brother, and that's when they they bust into <laughs> they bust into his house. Yeah, without a warrant. Without a warrant. So they oh. figure out that he's that that he's the bad guy, right? Yeah, they do really fast. Yeah, they and the thing is, it's like he busts in. And I think he says to Bones, mm-hmm. uh, if anybody asks, that was open. That's right. Holy illegal. What? 
Like, I get that you're going after a terrorist, but holy crap. I mean, we have laws in this country. What yeah, do you mean? It not was okay. open. Hey, by the way, Bones, you know, lie for me in a highly illegal action that I'm doing. Yeah, give Bones one reason wow. not to keep that secret. She's going to spill the beans. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's not the kind of. So they bust in without a warrant. Yeah. So, I mean, anything that they find there is. But they find a fuck ton of all evidence of it. in like, in like <laughs> under a minute and a half. I think it's like 10 seconds. Yeah. They're just like, they know exactly where they need to go. It's like, oh, there's the hole in the wall where they have the insulation that right. we found in the bomb. Uh-huh. Boom. Oh, so swift. There's there's a uh, there's a, a chest that I just happened to open that has his prayer rug and his Quran. Well, I mean, and it was just Boom. so convenient that that apartment was as big as our living room because right. you could get it all in one camera. And they're just like they didn't even have like it, there's no searching around. No. There's Mm-mm. no you know special. There's it's no just picking like, up this thing. It's not important. Oof. No, everything yeah. they picked up was important. Just bang, 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 and then they're out the door. They and they have to track down where he's going to strike. Where he's going to go? They're in the car. <laughs> We've got two people on the line. And once again, in the car, mm-hmm. Bones is wearing her seatbelt. Oh, this time she didn't the first yep. episode. Guess who's not though? Booth. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why? I don't. I don't understand why. What? What's his aversion? What's his aversion to the seatbelt? To living. What's his aversion to live? Maybe that's what it is. He just doesn't want to. He just doesn't want to be alive. He's got some deep-seated depression, guilt from being a sniper. He's a scofflaw, uh, obviously, because he just busts in without a warrant. He doesn't care. What he does later is totally unacceptable. Whoa! What does he do later? Shooting into a crowded. Oh yeah, that's right. Arena. That's right. Yeah, so we go... You can't shoot into a thing of civilians, can you? We go into the peace conference to try to catch the guy. Yeah. And he's And they're talking about it so loud. It's like they're shouting. Oh, my gosh. How are we going to get this terrorist? Oh, my gosh. Booth yells bomb (laughs) at least five times when they're on an escalator. And nobody nobody seems to care. Nobody flinches. If nope. I hear bomb at Beachwood Mall on the escalator, you bet yeah. your bottom dollar I'm going to turn my head at least. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody seems to care. And he's just bomb, bomb, bomb. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Bones is uh, Bones is yelling about uh, terror- terrorists. Yeah, it's, oh, my gosh. It's wild. They're walking through this thing. Um, they, they spot the guy. Homeland Security guy shows up. Yep. Which is, it's good that he's there. Walks into the building. Without his sunglasses on, mm-hmm. and then puts them on, and then puts them on <laughs> for some reason. He's trying to be sneaky. They're trying to be sneaky, trying to be cool. Mm-hmm. And he walks in with a gun drawn. By the way, yeah. And all of these people in <laughs> they don't even care. Nobody cares. Not a flinch. You can yell bomb. You can come in with a drawn gun. <laughs> I mean, you would almost think it was twenty twenty three instead oh, of two thousand five. Wait, you know why? Hmm. It's a peace conference. <laughs> They're just all so much at peace. Oh, they like, all just we meditated. Are so, this is so... We're all here for peace. There's a gun. There's a bomb. It's cool, man. 
It's peace. Whatever, man. Just peace. Yeah, that's why that guy's got his sunglasses on, man. <laughs> it's cool. That's right. That's right. So the only time anybody reacts about this uh, is when uh, the villain is walking away, um, carrying a bag. Bones <laughs> is identifying him based on his gait. Yes. Based oh, she, on, she knows who this guy exactly. is. Exactly. Booth does not trust her. No. She, uh, and here we go. The gut, gut and versus the science, science. again. Yeah. yeah. And she has the science yeah. to positively identify him. He mm-hmm. needs to see his face because yep. he can't, he can't right. feel it. So she yells his name, turns mm-hmm. around. Boom. Booth shoots him right in the head. Yeah. Which I just don't think is legal. I don't I think I don't think so you're either. allowed to shoot into a crowd of civilians. <laughs> I don't. Especially if you don't know that he has a bomb. Right. That could be a camera case. It could have been. And he shot him like. Shot him. To, to Dead. Kill him. Like yeah. straight in the mm-hmm. friggin' head. Yeah. And. Um, wow. Yeah. That's it's quite a it's quite a situation. The, the the work that happens in the last half of this episode, like mm-hmm. or the last third. Right. With them, like, busting in, no warrant, finding all the clues, oh, yeah, going to the peace conference, like... <laughs> it's fast and loose. It's, it's, there's, it's not okay. But they do that a lot in right. this show. Um, and it isn't until after everything is done that we get our folk montage. That's right. We don't get it until later. Yeah. Um, they, they want to go, they want to go... I don't know, celebrate or they're finishing up and and Bones is going to do what she has to do, identifying the bodies of of World War One. Right. Um, unnamed World War One soldiers. Uh, soldiers. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. I, I don't. It almost feels like we need like they were like, we need a folk montage. And we I guess maybe a reminder that their job isn't actually with right. the FBI. Yep. Their actual job is forensic anthropology. Right. Right. And uh so then we have our our folk montage and that song is that is Every Ship Must Sail Away oh, by Blue Merle. Now, in that montage, does it does it switch between her Putting together the World War One unidentified fallen soldier and Booth with Tessa eating dinner. Yes. Yeah. Because I do want to mention the milk with wine. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to say, like, has I want to know, have any of our listeners tried it? Yeah. Not they're not. Me. They're in separate glasses, so he's yeah. not technically doing a Laverne and Shirley yeah. milk with Pepsi scenario. Sure, but I mean, it might be good for ulcers. Yeah, I know I've had ulcers in the past, and yeah. dairy just kind of coats the tum. Sure. So maybe it's like a preventative before he has the red it's wine. Possible. It's possible, but it's a very wholesome gesture as he's sitting there with Tessa it, drinking milk. It is very wholesome. Mal Martin. <laughs> So, um, you know, every episode we want to learn from from Bones mm-hmm. and uh, figure out. And so this episode, I was incredibly fascinated by these beetles. Tell us more because about these I beetles, wanted Patrick. to know 
uh, is this a thing? Are there flesh-eating beetles? Are they, you know, do they really do the job that right. they're talking about? Or this is just pretend. Absolutely, they do. These beetles are in the genu- are in genus, 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 uh, Dermestidae. Dermestidae. Hey, derm, do you suppose that derm. comes from yep. skin? Yep. And that's why they're commonly referred to as skin beetles. Ah. Um, other Does the d- domestidae mean um, beetle? Uh, derm, the estidae part? Yeah. Ooh, I don't, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe that's exactly what it means. Why did the kids and I quit Latin? <laughs> <laughs> so skin beetles, they are also known as larder beetles or hide or leather beetles or carpet beetles and uh, copper beetles there are over 1800 species of these beetles described wow. yeah there's a lot of these little guys they're all over the place they they do a lot of they do a lot of stuff um they like they like skin um they're mostly scavengers they like hair uh, feathers um so natural gross. fibers uh they like to they like to hang out um on uh sometimes live animals there's uh there's a uh, dermestidae species oh i wonder if they prefer people with psoriasis or eczema Ooh, no i'm scared might be possible um there is a dermestidae species that um likes to infest turkeys uh. I know they are often found um, on turkeys, and they can actually make turkeys pretty sick living in their feathers. And uh, make them, uh, they love uh, decomposing things. Okay. Um, so this so is why cleanup clean cleanup crew. crew. That's right, and this is why they're so uh, important to forensic anthropology. Um, and, and why they're used in, in natural history museums. So, or excuse me, forensic entomology, Mm, forensic mm -hmm. entomology, different than forensic anthropology. Entomology means bugs. Yeah. And so forensic entomology is, um, is understanding, uh, crimes through insect activity, activity, which is what Hodges says. And so the Dermestidae beetle that and this is not how they use them in this episode, mm-hmm. but the Dermestidae beetle can also tell you how long a body has mm-hmm. been de- decomposing based on the activity of the beetle on the body. Now, are they common in North America? Because we tend to use flies out here, don't we? I think I don't. Well, I don't know. They're hmm. common in natural history museums, um, but I don't know if that's necessarily in 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 North America. Um, well, I remember, and this is so rando, but I remember seeing something on Reddit about how they're more common in Europe. It, the carpet beetle specifically. Oh, I don't know. Does it say, I'm trying to find if they're, if they can tell us, um, exactly where in, well, let's look at the, uh, specific beetle in this episode, okay. uh, which Zach calls the Dermestes maculatus. I had a hell of a time writing this down in my notes. Totally screwed it up. Well, I mean, the spelling is just... Like, uh, Dermestes and, you know, <laughs> maculatus. I was like, how do I write that? What yeah. was that? How do I spell that? But I eventually found this little, this little guy. Um, 
Dermestes maculatus is a species of beetle with a worldwide distribution. Mm. So worldwide. Yeah. So they're being present on all continents. All right. Except mm. Antarctica. Oh, well, that makes sense. Um, in Europe, uh, it is present in all countries. Um, the adult beetle is, uh, they're just little guys, you know, about the size that you saw um, there. Uh, and what they do, which is which is wonderful, is uh, the estimate of post-mortem interval in cases of suicide, homicide, or unattended death. The adults generally arrive within 5 to 11 days following an animal's death. Mm, so they so wait till they're good and stinky. The, the, the larvae develop uh, for 5 to 7 weeks, okay. and the adult beetles live for 4 to 6 months. Mm-hmm. So in that lifespan, mm-hmm. you can you know, pretty well determine um, the time of death for, for a corpse, sort of, in general. Um, the reason that they would have these at the Jeffersonian mm-hmm. Is is because um, natural history museums use them to clean um, animals down to the bones. To the bone. So it's it's you know it seems like oh random that they just have these guys around. But if you're in the Jeffersonian, you're going to have them around anyway. I you're going to be using them. The Jeffersonian in other places. has resources. Everything you need. Yeah. Include except for the appropriate size plexiglass box. <laughs> so, so that's that's the wonderful little. Oh, and this one in particular, this little Dermestes maculatus is the one that lives on the turkeys. The beetles have been known to parasitically feed on live turkeys, leaving. Oh, deep that wounds. makes me itchy. Ooh, good. Poor it's turkeys. Um, but why only turkeys? Why not chickens? I don't know. Maybe it's because turkey feathers are so much bigger and okay. Yeah, I don't. But know. But why not bald you eagle get then? In there. Maybe there's more space in there to get in. That you really get in there. Is there less area mm. on a chicken? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're similar size. A turkey vulture. Why not the turkey vulture? They're similar <laughs> to turkeys. Uh, who knows? I mean, it's possible. It's possible that they're on a turkey vulture, too. I guess you're right. It's just because it's not mentioned doesn't necessarily mean <laughs> that they don't love them, too. True. So that is the wonderful Dermestes maculatus that Yay, we learned about. we've learned in something. This, in this uh, I regret not researching dioxin, though. Bones. Maybe, okay, maybe next, next time we'll uh, each have a research. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's a good I idea. I absolutely love it. Let's move forward with that. Um, and that's about it. Do you have a bone to pick with this episode? Oh, I'm sure I do. Let me think here. The girls issue. Well, I mean the girls, obviously, but that I don't think that's my bone to pick. I forgot I had an assignment, so give me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll I'll tell you mine. Okay. All right. There in these, and this is back to the beetles again. Mm-hmm. There are two pint soup type containers full of beetles. Mm-hmm. Two, mm-hmm. two of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- thousands of beetles, probably given their size. I mean, we could calculate it. We know how big they generally are. Um, I could probably calculate how much ten millimeter long, how many ten millimeter long beetles can fit in a pint 
uh, a pint container. Right. But I would say it's probably thousands, right? Mm-hmm. So when they decide that they have to kill some of these, burn them up uh, to do the, the spectro- spectrography to, to figure out what the chemical composition is of mm-hmm. the dioxin, uh, Zach is, he's, he's uh, shattered he, because he doesn't want unkilled. And what he says is, they have names. <laughs> and so you're telling me, Zach, <laughs> that you went through all thousands. these thousands of beetles mm-hmm. and you gave them names each names mm-hmm. and even then how are you gonna recognize how one from the other this? i know that's thousands of beetles i mean crawling on one another you know it's it's crazy man that's crazy <laughs> crazy man <laughs> so that's my bone to pick that is ridiculous um, I guess my bone to pick is Bone or Booth picking on the way Bones speaks. Oh. Yeah. Like he says sh- she shouldn't use the word a shoe. Oh, Because yeah. she sounds French. Is he, f- what is he, a, f- what a-, a foreign phobe? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. You can't use the word a shoe. He's just afraid of big words. Maybe. But then I wondered, do I even know what a shoe means? I think it might mean dismiss. Yeah, I think so. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Anyway. We'll, we'll that's that's going to be up. my bone to pick. It's not super great, but like. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to call out a quote uh, that I was looking at my notes at some point. Uh, uh, Bones said she's proud of Booth because he has a he has a girlfriend mm-hmm. and her reasoning is that relationships have anthropological meaning oh, right <laughs> we so, need to create sexual bonds well done for that um so i think that's it i think we've pretty we've done a pretty good job on this one yeah man in the suv man in the suv in the bag the next one is uh the boy in the tree is the boy in the tree number three interestingly enough Boy in the Tree mm-hmm. was was filmed before Man in the SUV. Really? But they were released in uh, a different order. Oh, do you think it's because it was in September? Maybe. Hmm? Maybe. It's possible. But Boy in the Tree is coming up next. Did you get any uh, ending quotes, any words of wisdom that we can end with? Oh, for see, we both forgot our assignments. No, I, I got this one. Oh, you have this one too? Mm-hmm. Oh, guys, I forgot a lot of my assignments. It's high school all over again. Oh my God. Next time. We'll, we'll get it next Ooh. time. All right. So uh, we'll finish off with a, with a word of wisdom. And uh, this, is, this is from Bones. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it, it rings true for the entire series. Mm-hmm. So she's dropping it second episode. <laughs> But this is uh, where we're going to leave you with on this episode. Says Bones, you can always count on the dead. To do what? (laughs) All right, that's it. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, we appreciate you uh, yes. joining us. Thank Don't you forget so much. to stop by our Substack and uh, 
and subscribe. Uh, it's at marriedmystery.substack.com. And you can follow us as we write our mystery novel yes. together. Uh, that's how to write a mystery novel with your spouse. Please join us on that journey. And we will see you again next Tuesday Woo-hoo! for another episode of Taking We love you. Thank you for subscribing Thanks, and Bye-bye. liking us. Bye.